0: My name's Ian Austin, I'm sat in a field on a bench and it's a very windy Sunday morning, but this is Friday Night Shudder. So episode three then, quite a nice little thing to think about, making it to the third episode. I started this with the idea that I would do live recaps i guess watching moving doing my live reactions and that worked brilliantly for episode one zombie flesh eaters and then week two episode two i thought i'd try something different given the nature of the property i was doing a recap of it was vhs which is a lot of you hopefully will know is a movie split up in chapters, and I thought, why not try doing a podcast that was more aimed at that? So it focused more on the individual parts and then the overarching nature of it. And I think that went well. I was very proud of last week's episode. I don't think it got quite the receivership that the first one did, but to be honest, I think zombie flesh eaters is a much more fun movie to watch nothing against vhs but i have more fun watching zombie flesh eaters and i feel the audience to a degree shares that and i do feel that that's quite symbolic too you know with movies like the avengers and black panther out this year we are dealing with a lot of um for lack of a better term uh Alive, non-alive characters, if you will, in popular fiction. I won't go into too many details because probably some people haven't seen Ventures who listen to this podcast. At least I hope, maybe a couple. At any rate, the point I'm trying to make is that I can do whatever I want on this podcast, and what I won't do to today is not the full recap. I've done an hour 40, I've done two hours, and I would like to try something different today and today it's just going to be my thoughts on the first time I watched VHS 2. I remember I watched VHS... Oh, God. I'm ageing myself a bit. Probably about five years ago. I heard about it and... I'm a big fan of horror movies, as you can see. I'm not so much in character today as I normally am, but I'm a really big fan of horror movies and I just thought it looked interesting i like anthologies in theory um they're not all great abc's of death 2 is pretty bad there's a holiday one which has a feature not feature short by kevin smith which is pretty you wouldn't know it's kevin smith if you hadn't seen his name on the end credits of that particular segment and it was okay i mean i i feel like kevin smith is someone who I think he understands horror. I don't think he's the best person at putting it across, but I respect that he's trying to move away from his standard um, two people in one scene having witty dialogue. You know, it's good to change up now and again, as this podcast is proving, because this is nothing like episode two, which wasn't much like episode one. I can't guarantee that'll happen every week. I think there will be some um, weeks where it's, the content is quite similar week to week. This is just me branching out. Like, I know what I'm doing on a sort of ongoing basis. It's always going to be either a movie on shadow or in some cases, like, the upcoming bonus episode on VHS Viral, which is... I like keeping track of what I've watched, and feel like if I'm going to do an episode on VHS, an episode of VHS 2, I should do an episode on VHS 3, but not a full episode, because... In terms of like a continuity, like some fleshy is 101, VHS 102, VHS 3 is 103, which got next Friday, and VHS Viral, be a bonus episode, won't count to the ongoing seasonal in quotation marks episode, it'll count more like a bonus one, like I said. But yeah, so I first watched VHS about five years ago and I i remember at the time when i watched it i i enjoyed it it was kind of sleazy and grimy but i think i liked that about it because despite my comments last week i being uncomfortable a fair bit about some of the nudity and the, some exploitation issues it did something horror doesn't do nowadays which it felt gritty and you no know, dis disgusting at points but you know actually had the effect like a lot of horror is sanitized nowadays and it's not got that effect like you Eli Roth has that effect to a degree like Green Inferno is straight out of the cannibal movies of late like, 70s the really disgusting ones and VHS feels like something which could have been made in the 80s the effects are better now to an extent you know, except for the CGI but you can definitely see through line between some of the more grind, not grindhouse video nasty 80s movies Two VHS, there's a good through line to those between those rather but at the same time I enjoyed it but I didn't think the writing quality or directing quality is quite up to scratch Like the passion over the technical quality and the uh, esoteric enjoyment I guess you could say and I feel VHS two did something much different, which was it went full blown to get I won't say best directors on planet, but I was saying that it really went out of its way to get some interesting visual directors um who did a really good job of it. And I think nowhere can that be espoused more than the um shit. Um sorry I'll be looking up on my iPad. Uh guy mate Raid, I think it's Gareth Evans. And his insanely brilliant That's the one I'm gonna be mostly focusing on. His insanely good section. Yeah. His insanely good section for this movie where he co-directed but uh, his part where he deals with the Japanese cult and the um documentary makers coming to document it. And reveal it's tr- what it's truly like to the outside populace. And like all the intrigue about who's got the um, female documentary maker pregnant. Um, her boyfriend or his best friend. And all that intrigue. And then you throw in all the gore and the cult and the weirdness. And the creepy music and creepy visuals and the zombification. And then rise up with like the zombie goat. Or, or the devil I guess and like the guy at the end and it's not I I should add spoilers you know but if you're watching the horror review of VHS it's been out year two it's been out years and, you, know, you should have watched it is what I'm saying because this is quite still quite a niche podcast and I apologise if I've ruined movie for you but there are a lot more shorts in it. so but that one I really like because it's really strange and interesting and I think sometimes horror should be like that you know you you deal with a lot of horror and like I said before it's quite sanitized and it's quite mundane and that segment was particularly interesting because it was weird and weird is good like Cabin Woods I think did a mainstream version of that where it tried to populate all the tropes that people knew and do them in an interesting clever way but i feel cabbing was falls down because it pits the most boring possible villain i guess villains kind of like and that's what I like about VHS too. It's strange. Like you can feel this is made by some made by people who wanted to make a unique horror movie and it doesn't always succeed, but when it does succeed, like in the section at the Japanese cult reform school, it's just the strangeness, the starkness of visuals too, like the back use of background, images in background, like repeated imagery characters will walk past a classroom and kids will be learning they'll walk past later on and kids will be dead they'll walk past again and kids will be alive and zombified and they'll be at class and they'll be listening to teachers teach class and it's the use of repeated images to trick the viewer or not even trick viewer to lure the viewer into false security it's the equivalent of a visual check of scum you see it and then when you see it later on that's when it pays off. And VHS2, particularly this section, does a great job of that because it plays with your expectations. It's like this thing in background that you've barely looked at is suddenly paramount in last act. I mean, in last act, the short, because obviously it's split up in segments. So it's going to be a loose structure of the detectives this time. That's one of the things I actually like about VHS2 when you first saw it. They get away from the sleazy guys trying to make their video in the first one and go to private detectives. not Still not most likeable characters, still morally grey, but different. And I will say this, I enjoyed it, not simply because I didn't want to see the sleazy video trolls again, because no, I, I thought they did a good job in the first one of painting the Beatles, you know, the four Beatles and zombie Brian Epstein. I think they did a good job painting them as characters who you could understand what they're going for and but you couldn't relate to them. So in terms of going back to that nastiness of the 80s where no characters are likeable, it did a great job. But you can't necessarily do that in sequel. You need to do something different. And with Private Detectives, they did. You have them go to the house to investigate why this college student's gone missing and then create a neat mystery of they've got to watch room takes to find out what's going on and then throughout the movie you come back to them and come back and the female private detective starts getting more and more messed up by more she watches and nosebleeds she passes out and then the bit at the end the twist with the revealing guy made his own video which is fascinating because it creates this idea of um, people immortalising themselves with the video which is actually a nice form of continuity and does pay off in the next movie to an extent and I think I like that I again morally grey detective private detectives were a nice interesting way to bring something new into the movie because they hadn't up to that point really dived into the outside other people like the law enforcement not quite official law enforcement but that sort of approach of what would they think of what was going on you yeah. know and didn't quite go as far as I was hoping it to when I first saw it, but I did enjoy it. I thought those characters were quite interesting and I thought their fate was fascinating because it was like you become part of the video, which is just interesting. Like it forces us to watch people watching a video, so you know that puts us in complicity. We're watching them watch. You no, know, it goes back to that old phrase, who watches a watchman? And like in the last video with Doc Manhattan, you know all that. You know, it was mean stranger connections, made. Sorry, just enjoying a nice cup of Earl Grey. It's beautiful, beautiful tea. So, other segments I enjoyed the first time I watched it. I liked the um, Clarissa explains it all style one. I don't think that's the actual title, but. With the guy in the um, the eye implant, and he starts seeing weird shit because he his eye taps into a different frequency, and you're never sure whether the corporation knows that the eye's doing that, and he's willingly they using this guy's test subject or not? It's left very vague, but that's fascinating because I grew up watching a lot of these um uh, later than the actual date, but a lot of the eighty a lot of eighties movies, not necessarily all horror, but. Stuff like Robocop did with the corrupt corporate executive. And and scientists who did stuff without thinking whether they should do it. And that's always fascinating to me. And I thought this section did a nice job for that too. I thought it did a solid effort at portraying body horror. Not to Cronenberg levels, because no one does. I mean, the fly is one legitimately the remake of flight is legitimately one of the best horror movies I've ever made and also very strange which horror should be strange it's make the representation of your innermost fears and by that i mean director or writer but also their weirdness this is why david lynch is so good he doesn't make horror per se but he has horror in his movies and it's very terrifying And now we come back and we get to the the segment I really like, um the sleepover, which goes into the minds it, it does something different. It casts people you can believably buy as teens and young teens. Uh so young. And it plays plays with that because it you think it's gonna be a sort of slasher kind of aspect because we haven't really had that but then they play with that by going the alien route and not just alien route dovestep aliens and this is part i love most about vhs2 i remember watching this for the first time um it's a i think it's at the um my previous residence um it's kind of like keywork accommodation and it's really late at night, and I just was watching... I rented it, because I enjoyed VHS, and I thought, I'll watch a sequel. And I rented it, and it's very late at night, so I put headphones on. And I put those on so loud, when those aliens came out, were like... And it just hit me like a brick. I was like, do you say know, quoi? What is this? It's noise in my ears. And I was baffled. But I really getting into it, because it was so strange. It's a really... Interesting musical cue, you know, like everyone talks about the Inception horn and stuff like that. They should watch VHS too, because that takes it to the next level. That's that's not an Inception horn. That's an Inception bass drop. You know, that's that's like that's like an Inception dead mouse shit. You know, like dubstep to the extreme, and use of colors also because you never really saw the aliens clearly. It goes back to that idea the best way to encapsulate like monsters and things like that is to show them fleetingly and VHS 2 does such a good job with those dubstep aliens because you only see parts of them laying like either shadow or smoke or even it's fireworks at points and music's blaring and it's disconcerting because you're being put in mindset of someone seeing that for the first time it's never clear whether the music is inherent to the scene, whether it's diegetic or non-diegetic. But the idea I have is that the characters aren't hearing it. They're reacting to what they're seeing with terror. And you, we're hearing it as the audience to spark us up into, like, to jerk, for lack of a better term, to jerk us away so we can see the images we can see aliens and get that proper sense of fear going. You know, it's, If you're not Stanley Kubrick and you can't make horror out of still images of the stillness of people, then use whatever techniques you've got. And there's no, no harm in using techniques like smoke or strobe lights or loud music. If you use them properly, it can be an effective technique. And in this case, it really was. And my profound memory of that, is, I don't think I came up with the idea of the Doves of Aliens, I, I mean, by which I mean, in my head, I did, I don't know whether and where it's caught on to it, but that, to me, is the defining images of, defining images, I, I guess I'm right, of VHS-2, because it was a combined sequence, and it was really terrifying. The sparseness of dialogue is go on it just comes people trying to escape and it's very real despite the fact that you're dealing with aliens they make it very real and very terrifying because it's literally there's no plop that's not a flaw in this case you know it's not a flaw because they're playing with the idea that these people are trying to survive and tension comes from the fact that they clearly can't and create views of the camera normally in these movies you penalize people for using camera and running with it because it's stupid in this case they don't get a chance to breathe they're just running for their life and camera work is really shaky and really incoherent because it's essentially it's kids and teenagers using the camera and they don't want to record anything they just want to run for their life and they happen to record a fair bit almost by proxy i don't remember there's one scene where there's this i think there's a woman on the pier and she's falling in water and she's trying to get back up and you see all these aliens in the background and it keeps strobing and smoke and clearing and passing and clearing and come back and you come up creeping up behind them and you're just crawling and it's just a lack of grace you know it's like very weighty aliens you feel like they're struggling to adapt to our climate and our sort of terr- terraces I guess lack of a better word like wood and stuff like that they're not used to it they're not used to water they're just trying to grab people and take them in space and that's really cool i really enjoyed that i'm trying to think of the other segments um from vhs2 so i gotta to go to the ipad because um i've watched it a lot but those are free the dubstep aliens the um uh the cult oh sure. what the other one the oh um the frame narrative both gone on flat. Oh oh right, yeah that's it. The um the last segment actually The Riding Park which was actually um co directed by one of the guy's behind Blair Witch and this actually did redeem Blair Witch for me a lot because I don't like Blair Witch, I don't think it's a very good movie this is a disgusting zombie movie. There's no plot. Like there's the loosest plot of this guy who gets bit by a zombie and starts turning into a zombie but then he's trying to get to his partner and then he eventually realizes he's zombieing his monster so he he tries to kill himself and lets himself be killed. And it's disgusting. The gore, like first time I watched it was on a like iPad, and I wasn't aware of how violent it was. And then I rewatched it on HD TV, guys. This is probably one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of shit. I mean, once you've seen um, a Serbian movie, oh god, and and by the way, don't, don't watch that. Don't research it. It's I'm not joking. That's one of the most Horrifying images, horrifying moments in my life, like that. It's essential dread when you thought I, I've gone too. We've gone too far. Is it like civilization of people who make horror movies to make something like that? Oh, it's just, oh, it's just awful. Worse than that, fucking ending of Megan, Megan's missing. Oh. What more there is to say about VHS 2? I think the problem is, like... At some point, I am going to do a full recap of it. But, like I said, I just want to go over some experiences of it. Try and make a shorter episode this week. I feel like it's a very underrated movie. I'm a big fan of VHS 2. I can't... I'm spoiling a fair bit, but I don't want to spoil too much. Because I think... What I hope is that you'll listen to this one. And either and and not either actually i hope you'll just go and watch vhs through again on shudder because it's a really good movie and it's very entertaining it's very violent um and the safe haven i I looked up the name gareth evans safe haven bit is generally one of my favorite horror films from the last 10 years um i feel like actually i should add from last week um Siren. the section with the siren was turned into a full movie and i'm sure at some point i will watch that but it's probably a while away because i don't feel it needs to be a full movie and same thing safe haven it's safe haven is a perfect mini movie the, the full movie safe haven the actual one based on the nicholas sparks book i think Play-off, we'll be honest. But Safe Haven, the VHS short, is really good. And I feel like VHS 2, when it really gets it, and 3 out... 4 out of 4, actually, because I enjoyed all segments. I think they really understood much better in this movie how to construct the sequences and chapters. So they were all... they were good. VHS seemed to be a lot of... let's just improvise. VHS 2 seemed to be a bit more professional and much more cohesive i guess i mean they're not stepping on anyone's toes this time i think one flaws with anthologies is that they all start telling the same story or similar stories and this one they're just telling the best four stories that people they got could do and they did a really good job so yeah vhs2 and episode three I think it's quite an interesting change of pace. I'll be interested to see how you guys react to this one. But don't worry. VHS Viral is next up as a bonus episode. And I'm going to be doing a live review recap for that. It's got to figure out when I'm going to record that. Um, maybe some point next week. Anyway, until next time. Remember, life is beautiful.